What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again today in the studio. Happy to be here with you. Uh, you know, a couple days ago was National Podcast Day. Uh, we're actually recording this on Friday, getting right down to the nitty gritty of the weekend. Uh, you know, some things have come up, and so we decided to postpone this uh, just a little bit longer. Uh, a lot of announcements coming down the turnpike. I mean, we got uh, we got uh, Mountain West uh, releasing their schedule. It uh, looks like the Pac-12 starting to get back into football, I believe, October 9th, at least for the University of Utah standpoint. Uh, we're getting things back in, and things are slowly rolling along. And I'm really excited about it. Uh, excited that we're going to have something somewhat resembling a season, and we're going to be able to enjoy a sport that we all love. So we're gonna we're gonna first uh, start off. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we are uh, get the ball rolling. We're we're loving the FBS. We love the FCS. So we'll also dive a little bit into that topic. Uh, we want to discuss this upcoming week. Uh, what to expect? Uh, some of our predictions. Uh, also, somebody asked me a question. Uh, through our social media at Get Rolling 19, they asked, uh, you know, with the Jets job, you know, a lot of people saying Adam Gase might be out as the Jets head coach. Uh, could there be a, you know, a college coach that might be willing to make the jump from the NCAA or from FBS or FCS uh, to the big bad NFL? So we're going to kind of break that down a little bit later in the show. Uh, also give our predictions for uh, week Number four, I guess this is week four because uh, we had we had like a week zero and like you look on it and it, I think it says technically week five. I don't know. It's 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 all uh, backwards. Uh, but I'm excited to be here with you guys today. We're gonna be breaking down these things. So let's go over a little bit what we saw last week. Uh, number one, obviously the the Oklahoma loss was a big loss. Uh, you know, Spen Spencer Rattler came in. A lot of hype. Uh, everyone's saying, you know, he's the next Kyler Murray. He's the next, uh, you know, whoever. Baker Mayfield. Now, Lincoln Riley's is going to keep on rattling these guys off, and, and maybe he will. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting uh, to see his progression throughout this season. Uh, really interested to see, I don't know, a lot of different aspects of that Oklahoma uh you know, football team. Uh, they had Jalen Hurts last year. So, so who, what is it going to look like? We want to watch it a little bit closer, especially with Kansas State losing uh, the first week. That was a big time loss. I think that loss, uh, sadly, Oklahoma puts you out of the college football playoff. Unless Kansas State goes on a run and completely dominates the conference and they got their crap together after, you know, a week one loss. Hard to say uh, what what it's going to be looking like. I still think Oklahoma is the favorite. I liked Oklahoma and Oklahoma State going into the season. Uh, I think Texas has some some skeletons in the closet uh, where I'm just not ready to go full bore with them yet. And uh, but I'm really excited uh, about this upcoming. I guess this next week and the upcoming weeks. Uh, so obviously that was a big time story. But I want to start off with this. And and for those of you who didn't know, I'm just kind of breaking it for you. But for those 
you know, we're getting the Mac back, we're getting the Pac-12 back, we're getting the Mountain West back. And I don't know if you guys remember, uh, you know, college-age kids, high school-age kids listening to this, uh, you might you might relate to this a lot easier, but, you know, adults as well. I don't know if you guys can remember back during school, uh, during high school, college, whatever, maybe even it was in, in your business, in your profession. And, you know, your boss or the teacher gives you an assignment. They say, you know what, I want you to go, I want you to dominate uh, this this topic. And then you're going to do a presentation on it. And, you know, you go home, and most good students, you know, A's and B students, they're going to look it up, they're going to do their due diligence, and they're going to know that topic inside and out. You know, if you're not as good as a student, uh, you might struggle a little bit with it, but you're still, for the most part, I feel like most people at least attempt uh, homework assignments, or if you're at a job, you know, you've got you to gotta attempt that for a big presentation, right? And the, the dreaded day comes, and the teacher goes, all right, you know, today we're going to be doing our presentations. Uh, it's either the end of the school year or, or, or whatever it may, may be, right? We're going to be doing these presentations on these topics that you guys decided to go forward with. And there, I mean, nine times out of 10, I'd even say 99 times out of 100, 99% of the time, I feel like most people just, everyone just kind of sits there. Even though that you had prepared your butt off and you know that topic inside out, upwards, down, you could recite it in the middle of a hurricane. You know that topic, but nobody wants to go. And why is that? That's the question, right? Well, because everybody's afraid. Well, we don't know the criteria. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know how the teacher's going to respond. Sometimes it's even with the first test, uh, you know, in college. You don't know until you take that first test how hard you really need to study, right? But we're going to be going on this presentation, right? So everybody kind of sits around, and then inevitably the teacher's like, I'm looking for volunteers. You know, crickets in the classroom. All right, well, I want to start calling on people and, uh, or we're going to need a volunteer. And, you know, one reluctant soul gets up. And I see that as the SEC and the ACC, that reluctant soul, right? They were the first to kind of pioneer what they're going to be doing this season in college football. They had done their due diligence. You know, the Big Ten, Pac-12, Mountain West, MAC, they, they had understood what was at stake. And they understand what was going to happen this season. They had studied it. They had looked at other leagues. They, I imagine they talked to the NFL, to the MLB, to the NBA. What works and what doesn't work, right? Uh, what are the testing protocols? They were talking with the CDC. So they had done their due diligence, but they decided just like, you know, some of us, just to sit back. They just didn't have the courage to go forward with it. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And and we as sports fans, I don't think we should, should we should blast the Big Ten and the Pac-12 for not wanting to play. They just wanted they just wanted to be a little bit later. So they're going to be a little bit later to the punch, right? But we're going to get it, so let's be happy. I'm not going to dog on the Big Ten. I mean, I wish that we would have got some of those uh, non-conference games. I wish, you know, uh, I believe it was Oregon, North Dakota State. I didn't think North Dakota State was going to go play Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken. Would have been some phenomenal games. Uh, you know, I'm still sad that the FCS is like back, but not really back. I mean, we got an interesting game this week against Central Arkansas and, and NDSU. But but regardless, I really you know don't, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on these guys for doing something like that. So the, so that's my two cents on on the matter. We're gonna put it to bed because everybody's coming back. You know, we can kind of I mean, obviously the COVID environment is going to be something I think we'll always be talking about. But I think that we need to really focus. Uh, 
focus in uh, on what it's going to look like. Hopefully, we can finish a season, and uh, we're we're not going to have spring football. I mean, obviously, FCS will, uh, but uh, we can really get those guys prepared for the NFL, and then really, hopefully, by 2021, uh, the start of next football season, we're really you know got a handle on this thing, and we're ready to go forward with it. Anyway, so let's dive into a little uh, other things that happened uh, during this last week. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to UTSA. Uh, you know. I've been really surprised with the Roadrunners. Uh, they've got some wins. I mean, you're not going to say they're not, uh, you know, high-end wins, but they're wins regardless. They went four and eight right now. Uh, they're three and zero. Oh. They've only been to one bowl game. They're just a pup, uh, just a baby in this big, uh, you know, big bad. Uh, college football world they're putting it together definitely watch for them in the future I still think they're going to get some losses uh, along the way but I'm really impressed with this team and what they have been able to accomplish in a short amount of time uh, just this season. Another big shout-out to Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, I love Coach Billy Napier. Uh, you know, App State's kind of been an Achilles heel, and I'm excited. I believe that's their next game up is against App State, so we're going to see you know, head-to-head who really is the best in the Sun Belt. Sun Belt Conference kind of coming on, though. I've been impressed. Uh, we had Appalachian State. Uh, if you guys are new to the show, uh, go back and listen. Uh, we had uh, Coach Sean Clark, I believe. Oh man, it's been, it was a while ago, but, uh, you know, go back, listen to, uh, you know, Appalachian State, listen to that interview, listen to how they approach, uh, you know, game and, and film and everything, how they are with, you know, who, you know, Appalachian State is in, in, in a big sense. Uh, anyway, so. I really were was impressed with those two teams. Another team that might not be getting the headlines, and I think I tweeted it out, uh, and it is uh, Texas State. The Bobcats, I believe, is their name. Yeah. Uh, I was really disappointed they lost this last week. I mean, I was sad because I want to see it, but we're, I want to go through. This is a team... Again, another Sun Belt team. Last year, I mean, I guarantee you most of you guys had never heard of them. Uh, they only had uh, three wins, I believe. Uh, but they start off with SMU, give SMU everything they want. Now, this is an SMU team that was undefeated, I believe, eight games through the season last year. So, you know, that was solid. Uh, they go into double overtime with San, UT San Antonio. Uh, they beat ULM, which was a big win for them. I mean, a, a big Sun Belt win. Uh, and then they take Boston College to the wire, and I thought they for a while uh, that they might get the win. For those of you guys that don't watch this team or want to watch, you know, a team that I think could be on the rise, uh, you know, a year, maybe two years out, uh, is this Texas State team. They're playing on ESPN uh, at Troy this Saturday, 10 a.m. Uh, Mountain Time, so noon Eastern, 11 Central, and 9 Pacific. Uh, be sure to watch this team. Really interesting team. I think that they could... Uh, Make some noise. They do play App State and Louisiana back-to-back, and they also have BYU in there. Uh, they have those three games in a row, which they might get some losses, but this is a team that's fighting. I've been really impressed with, and I want to continue to talk about. One of the other things that kind of stood out, uh, obviously Oklahoma State put West Virginia to bed. Uh, I really do like uh, West Virginia. I'm a big uh, Mountaineer fan, uh, but I don't know. I know We've got to figure something out there. Uh, Hopefully, West Virginia and Neil Brown can get things kind of back on track to what they were, uh, you know, five, six, seven years ago, uh, back to when, you know, WV was a force to be reckoned with. Uh, I watched the Texas-Texas Tech game. I don't know how you couldn't. Sam Ellinger showed that he could ball out. I don't know if this guy is a first-round draft pick, but he ended up winning— 
63 to 56. Looks like Texas Tech uh, just kind of ran out of gas. Uh, I thought the play calling was very conservative. I would have kept on throwing the ball down the field. Um, anyway, so that was a big one. Uh, Florida ended up beating the Lane Train first stop in uh, Oxford, Mississippi uh, for Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Florida was able to beat them. Uh, also another surprise team, Tulane, coming out of nowhere, uh, kind of playing some pretty good football. Uh they're going to be taking on Houston uh, on the 8th, so be sure to watch for them. Uh, it is on ESPN. Really a fun team to watch. And I know that we're kind of jumping all over the place, uh, but these are just some of the teams that I really like to watch and I really want to highlight because, uh, you know, bowl season is a fun time. It's always hard to predict bowl season, but I watch all the bowl games, and so I really like seeing these teams that maybe no nobody's heard of and talking about them as well. Uh, another big, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna settle on these final uh, two teams that I want to talk about and touch on. Uh, number one is Texas A and M. Now I don't know how many of you guys follow you know, Phil Still and uh, a lot of these other really high, you know, Rod Gilmore, uh, high college football analysts. Everyone's trying to predict what's going to happen in, in the SEC. I mean, everybody. Uh, Phil Still said that you know Texas A and M is kind of his dark horse in the SEC. I've heard a lot of people kind of throw A and M's name around. You know, Jimbo Fisher being a national championship coach uh, winner, he's got the ring, and uh, he's finally, I believe, he's in his fourth season. So it really this should be the year that they dominate. They only beat Vandy by five. Now this is a Vandy team that they, I mean, their coach has been on the hot seat for the last two or three years. They're really never competitive in the SEC as a whole in football, and they only beat them by five points. I think that is time for a little bit of concern. Uh, again, a lot of people are on this Texas A&M bandwagon. I just don't see it. Now they're going to Alabama. If they put it up and play really well, then I'm going to, to eat my words. But I would not uh, take A&M against Bama unless it, the, the spread is just absolutely crazy if you're betting on it. Uh, they have a really tough schedule at first, and I think it eases up in the middle and then finish out kind of tough. Uh, hard to see. I don't really know uh, what to make of LSU or Auburn right now. But uh, they go Alabama home against Florida at Mississippi State. I think all three of those teams are going to give them challenges. And if they only put up 17 points against those teams, they're going to be blown out. And if they only win or, you know, if they're, you know, letting Vandy hang around, uh, they're going to struggle with these teams. So watch the A&M Aggies. I definitely will. Uh, they're playing Alabama 130 on CBS Mountain Time. Uh, watch them. See how they perform. And then we're going to make our prediction afterwards. Because if they roll over and let Alabama steamroll them, they're going to let uh, Florida steamroll them. And I don't even know if uh, you know Jimbo Fisher and his defense can handle the air raid that is Mike Leach's offense uh, down there in Starksville. So watch for those uh, games. Uh, another game we kind of want to highlight of next week and kind of a concern from this last week. Finally, uh, everybody's freaking out about Miami. You know, the U is back, and I think that they're, again, I, I said it last week, I think there's some sort of uh, romanticism with the U, uh, with, you know, the bad boys uh, that were in the early 2000s being one of the greatest football teams uh, ever to really fill the field. Uh, well, they, I mean, they just, they did a lot of things. I mean, there's 30 for 30s on them. They, uh, their next game is against Clemson. It's in a week, so they have a bye right now. I don't know if I would be buying this stock. Over the next two games, you're going to see. I think Clemson will dominate. I don't think it's going to be a close game. Uh, it's at Clemson, Death Valley at night. It's not happening. 
I, I'm going to take Clemson in that game 10 times out of 10. But then the next week they play Pitt. And Pitt, if you guys remember when Mark Rick was there, back, uh, what, two or three years ago when, when Miami kind of got the hype and the turnover chain and it was kind of this, this, this revved up team, Pitt actually beat them. Uh, I believe it was... I, I believe it might have been, I think it was at Pitt, and then and then the year after the game that I watched, you know, UVA went down to Miami and won. Watch this Miami-Florida team. Don't jump on the bandwagon quite yet. If they lose to Clemson by three, then I'm all in. But this Pitt team is a really tough team. They've got a really decent Virginia Tech team on the team on on the schedule, and North Carolina. And North Carolina is the is the team they got to get through to win that side of the conference in order to be able to play uh, for the ACC championship. They do avoid Notre Dame, which is which is probably a good thing, uh, because I don't know if they could go up into South Bend and win in the cold, wet, and the rain, right? But I don't know. Stand by on A and M, and stand by on on. Uh, Miami. Don't place any bets. We're going to wait and see. Now, a lot of people are going to say that, you know, I've, you know, it's been three weeks. I've seen what I need to see. But that is simply just not the case. I don't know what to make of them. I mean, they struggled at first against UAB. I mean, they, they, they eventually beat them, but like it was closer than what it was supposed to be. Derek King is a baller. I will, I will give him that. I was a little skeptical of Derek King and I'm, I'm slowly becoming more into a fan. Uh, the game against Louisville, I thought I actually took Louisville in the game where it was at home at Louisville. I love coach Scott Satterfield. Won't hear a bad thing about him on this show. Um, uh, kind of, Somebody that I followed throughout his career, I really like him, and and then Florida State and Florida State is a shell of itself. I think that uh, Jimbo Fisher got out of there at the right time. I think he's part of the demise. I think there was more going on with that Jameis Winston, uh, you know, debacle that was down there in uh, Tallahassee than what we know. But uh, you know, I'm not I'm not going to judge, and uh, hopefully Mark Norvell can get things turned around. But you've got to be the most dominant team in your state, and I hate to break it to you. If I, if I, if someone were to ask me right now, in the last five years, who's been the most dominant team? I want to give it to UCF, and I'm not a huge UCF fan. I mean, Florida's been on the on the come up. Dan Mullen's got them pointed in the right direction, but over that time period, UCF has dominated, and you you can't. You know, you can't be Florida State and be this bad. Uh, they got Jacksonville State this next week, so hopefully they can get a win. But goodness gracious, if they lost, I mean, I, I, I don't even know what I would say. I mean, that would be tough. And I know Mike Norvell, he's got COVID. I know this is a really tough transition period. Uh not only with, you know, uh, the coach, but, uh, you know, I think schemes and, and, and fit and stuff like that is going to take a few years. And then uh, obviously all the COVID restrictions on top of it. Watch Florida State. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying buy their stock. I'm saying sell. Uh, we're going to just watch them and see now if Mike in, you know, two or three games gets it turned around and they start playing better. I'll, you know, we'll, we'll say something. But right now, you know, Florida State, they've got to figure it out and they've got to get their house in order. Uh, before we really take them any time. All right, this has been the first half, the 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 week number three uh, recap four, if you want to call it whatever. Uh, last week's recap. Uh, it is today is Friday, October second, and uh, you know we're going to be taking a break, we're gonna step aside for just a little bit. We're going to bring you back. We're going to talk a little bit about some coaches that we might like to see. 
in the NFL going forward who would be able to take over the 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 Jets job. Uh, just a little quick uh, tidbit on that, and we'll give our predictions for this this upcoming week. We thank you guys for all your love and support. Stay tuned after the break. We're bringing it back, and let's keep this ball rolling. And we are back after that short break uh, brought to you by Anchor. Thank you for always supporting our podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back again. So uh, we were just uh, sitting here going over my notes, looking over who I wish, uh, you know, I would like to see on Sunday. And uh, some of these things, uh, some of these coaches might surprise you. Uh, You know, a lot of people are like, well, you could go with the conventional one. Uh, so I got four names here. Uh, three are in college, and one is a coordinator who I really enjoy. I like watching, and I do it uh, very frequently. Number one, and I know that uh, again. The, some of the this is all conjecture because you know it's hard to say if they would be successful. It's hard to say if you know collegiate success leads to NFL success. These are just some of the guys that I think would do really well. Number one, Dan Mullen. He was a head coach at Mississippi State from 2009 to 2017. He's been at Florida since 2017, so he took over in 2018 and 2019. His total career, uh, he is 90 and 51. He's seven and two in bowl games, and uh, versus the top ten, he's a little bit lower, uh, just because you know, Mississippi State obviously was a little bit outmanned. Seven and 17 versus top 25, 11 and 37. Versus the Power Five, though, he is 8-4. and four. I mean, other Power Five conferences outside of that. Uh, and uh, off the bye, he's absolutely amazing, 15-8. and eight, And off of a loss, even better, 30-18. and 18. Now you're going to think, okay, well, uh, you know, why, why would he do that? He, he was at the University of Utah under Urban Meyer, and I believe he was at Florida under Urban Meyer as well. Now, if you think about the, the quarterbacks that he has in his tenure, he has number one, uh, Alex Smith, I believe, is one of his first quarterbacks. Uh, number two is uh, Tim Tebow. Uh, I believe he was even there during the Chris Leak era, if I remember correctly, at Florida as a coordinator after Urban left the University of Utah. Uh, and then he was able to uh, coach uh, you know, Dak Prescott, uh, Nick Fitzgerald down there in Starksville. Uh, I want to make sure I'm saying that right, right? Yeah, Starksville, Mississippi. And... Uh, so those are some of the guys that he has under his tenure. Now, he's at uh, the University of Florida. He's had some pretty good success. He has had double-digit win seasons. Every year he's been there, 10-3, and 11-2, and this year it looks like he could be poised to take on a national championship. I think Kyle Trask is a a decent college quarterback. I don't see him uh, you know, playing in the NFL or being in, you know, a 30, top 32 uh, quarterback in the entire world at a given time, but I think because of his coaching, he is now going up higher. Uh, I think he's in touch. I think he's a really good offensive mind. And I would, I mean, like, I wouldn't want to send him to New York, to the New York Jets, just because. But I really like him, and I think he would do a phenomenal job. Uh, number two, we have P.J. Fleck. Now, again, he has had a lot of success in, in college. Does not mean that he would have success in the NFL. Uh, I believe he was a, I don't know, like a film analyst or something for the San Francisco 49ers. I know he's at Ohio State for a while. Um, he actually has his like his bachelor's in like elementary education. Really a, a, a wonderful guy. I've been a part, uh, I mean, I really like P.J. Fleck. Uh, overall, he is 53 and 37, 3 and 2 in bowl games. Uh, 
Uh, versus the top 10, he's 2 and 5, top 25, 3 and 11. Uh, versus the rest of the power 5, 4 and 9. And off a bye, 10 and 6. Off a loss, 12 and 21. So a little bit, I mean, not as good at stats as Dan Mullen, but he also was at Western Michigan. Uh, he turned Western Michigan around. I mean, they were a team that was absolutely garbage. Uh, I don't know if he won a game his first year there. I'll have to go back and look at the stats. And then he turns it around and he like goes like undefeated. Uh, absolutely. I mean, he's a great coach. He's a, you know, he's a motivator. You can really tell that he cares about his players. I really like him. And I think that, you know, if he has a system and he was able to implement a culture in New York, I think he could do it. Uh, looking back at it, yeah, he went one and eleven, eight and five, eight and five, then thirteen and one at uh, Western Michigan, and then he's turned around uh, the University of Minnesota uh, before they were good, uh, not really relevant though. Last year, obviously eleven and two, and I'm expecting another big, uh, big time you know, wins this year, uh, it would be interesting. I have to look at their schedule a little bit closer. I have their old schedule in front of me, but uh, really excited to see where this team goes. They lost a lot on defense, but they return a lot on offense. Finally, I think this is kind of a no-brainer, and uh, if I was him, I would leave uh, if Trevor Lawrence leaves, and that's Dabo Sweeney. I want to see, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, you see Saban leave, and uh and he doesn't really do anything in the NFL. We saw Harbaugh. Now Harbaugh was able to get to a Super Bowl. He comes back, kind of struggles. So obviously I think Davo's sitting there and he's like, okay, what, I just don't see what more does he have to accomplish in college football. Now, is he chasing Saban? Does he want to be a better Saban? Uh, he's built Clemson. I mean, Clemson has always been traditionally a pretty uh, you know, good team, but is that what you want 100% uh, is just to dominate year in, year out and win a national championship every four years, five years? It's hard to say, especially with Trevor Lawrence because I think he's a, he's a one-time talent. And... Uh, you know, the New York Jets, they look like they potentially could have the number one pick. If they pick Trevor Lawrence, then you got a, you got the coach that has coached him up, uh, his college coach there. Uh, it, it could be kind of a catch-22 because we saw that, you know, uh, we've seen these things not work out before. But I really do like Dabo. And where Saban took a risk, uh, you know, leaving uh, LSU to go to the Miami Dolphins, I— uh, I think that you got to, I think all coaches want to coach in the NFL. And if I was Dabo, I'd take the call. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know, coordinator turnover. It'd be interesting to see how they were without him. If, if he really is the secret sauce or if he's built the culture where it's self-sustaining. A lot of interesting things to, to talk about there. And finally, I love Eric Bieniemy. Uh, he was a... Uh, running back for the University of Colorado, I think he, you know, he right now he's under under Andy Reid, and uh, I would love to see him get a college coaching job just so I could, you know, evaluate how he is without Andy Reid. But Andy Reid is a teacher; uh, he's a great person. Uh, I love Andy Reid, and uh, you know, I've had uh, a lot of people that have met him have told me that how how impressive uh, he was. But I really like Eric Bieniemy. I mean, he rushed for four thousand yards at the University of Colorado. Uh, was an All-American. I mean, just straight-up great guy. I would love to see him get his shot. I don't know if it should be in the NFL right out the, out the gate, but I would. those would be the four people that I would like to see uh, be a head coach you know, in this league, in, in the NFL. So that was that. Uh, kind of a fun little sidetrack. Uh, side uh, now we're going to jump into week, the, this next week, week number four. 
And so we're going to finish this podcast up, uh, you know, just a little break there, talking a little bit about NFL. Don't know a lot, but those would be the people that I would take out, and obviously I love Eric Bieniemy. Anyway, so now we're going to transition to this next week. We're going to choose uh, five games that we like, that we want to focus on, and people should pay attention to. Number one, again, this hails from my uh, uh, FCS background. I don't know where I'm going to be able to find it, but I cannot wait to watch it. Central Arkansas going to the Fargo Dome against North Dakota State. Many of you guys will, won't even, I mean, you're going to think, like, what the heck is Tyler talking about? This is a legit game with really good quarterbacks. Trey Lance, uh, Braylon, uh, man, I can't remember his uh, the other the quarterback. Uh, Braylon Smith. Braylon Smith of Central Arkansas, two great coaches. These uh, They met last year. I think that uh, Central Arkansas has a chance to make some noise. Oh, they did not meet last year. They ended up losing. Sorry. That's right. Uh, they ended up losing to Illinois State, and then Illinois State played uh, North Dakota State last last year in the playoffs. Uh, I think that, okay, so, you know, Central Arkansas wants to avenge it. They were a top 10 team last year uh, on our power fi- or on our power rankings. We do a power ranking for the FCS. We don't do it for the FBS because it's, um, you know, everybody does it. And, uh, I mean, I can give you my top 10, top 15, whatever you want. But I like to focus mainly on the FCS. Uh with with you know with that they were a top ten team um, basically all year. North Dakota State is a super good team as well. Obviously, you guys have heard of them. Uh, North Dakota State not playing until the spring. I believe they only have one. Uh, this might be their only. Yeah, this is their only scheduled game in the fall. Uh, then they pick up against Youngtown State on uh, in February, the twenty first of February. So I'm really excited to watch uh, what happens going forward. I like, like I said, I really like uh, Central Arkansas. I think that Trey Lance is going to do some things that are going to turn some people's heads. Watch for him. If you like playing fantasy, you like watching football on Sunday, why don't you you, you, you turn on wherever it's going to be? I mean, it's not even said. I mean, it's in the Fargo Dome. Uh, that's all it says. I don't know where it will be, uh, where you could stream it at, but definitely look it up. This will be a legit game. So that's our first game. I want to take North Dakota State at home, Fargo Dome. Uh, I don't know if they're allowing fans or anything, but they don't lose at home. Uh, one of the next games uh, that we really want to focus on, and I think that could have uh, some impact down the road. Obviously, AM and Alabama. Uh, we're going to watch. Uh, right now, Alabama is favored by 17.5. I don't think it will be that big of a blowout. Uh, however, I do think that uh, Alabama will roll. Uh, I like what I saw last week out of Alabama. So we'll see where, you know, if they're able to take it to this next level. Uh, next one up, and we're going to stay in the SEC. Obviously, Georgia Auburn. Uh, Kirby Smart and Gus Malazan, I believe neither one of them, like they've only scored on each other over 28, like one time. It might be a very defensive battle, but I do like Georgia in this game. They're favored by six and a half, uh, which I think I would take Auburn in that. I think it's going to be a closer game uh, than six and a half, but I do think Georgia will end up winning that game uh, overall. Definitely key into that game to see where Auburn is at. Auburn's kind of the wreckers, and I feel like you know they'll be Alabama, but they'll they'll drop a game against Georgia. Um, just one of those other uh, games that we really want to watch. Uh, one of the other teams that I really like. Uh, this would obviously be the fourth game. Uh, and a team that 
Uh, most of you probably haven't even, you know, you don't really watch or anything. But I do like Western Kentucky. I thought last year they played really well, came out of nowhere with the first-year head coach. Uh, they're playing Middle Tennessee State. Now, Middle Tennessee State is 0-3. Uh, Western Kentucky is 0-2 with losses to Louisville and Liberty. Uh, but they played tough both games. Uh, definitely watch for Western Kentucky. I think this could be a team that wins uh, that side of the CUSA, them or Marshall. So definitely watch them. Uh, they're favored by seven points, which I definitely take that. I like Western Kentucky and the Hilltoppers. And finally, we're gonna we're gonna finish off uh, with one last game, kind of looking over th- everything, uh, trying to pick our last one that we're gonna focus on. Okay, we'll do it. Uh, we'll go to the Big Twelve. Uh, TCU against Texas. For whatever reason, TCU always beats Texas. It's I don't know if it's a mental thing. On, on a Texas standpoint, but I really think that it's a lot of people, uh, you know, TCU, I think all the kids that growing up, they want to play in the burnt orange and they want to play for the Longhorns. And if they don't get a scholarship offer or they're not told they're going to play, they end up going to TCU. And Coach Patterson is a terrific coach. I should have saw it last week. Uh, I did take TCU over Iowa State. I sh- should have thought, you know, first week, there's going to be a lot of things that they need to work on. Watch this game. Now, I... Uh, Texas is favored by 11.5. I would definitely take uh, TCU uh, to cover the spread. I think that it will be a closer game. I would guess probably four or five points if it were me. I think 11.5 is a little bit too big. I do like TCU in the game, uh, but it is in Austin, so I want to take Texas to win, uh, TCU to cover. Definitely watch this game, though. Uh, I know last year we didn't do a lot of uh, betting and stuff like that. We're going to try to get a little bit better at that. Uh, I'm kind of entering into uh, that realm, at least with the FBS and with the FCS. We'll definitely just be taking who we want and then ranking them. Um, watch out for the Camel Camels. Give them a little uh, uh, spot here. They've been fun to watch. They've been getting a lot of national uh, publicity down there in, in Buse Creek, and they're a terrific team to watch. Playing Wake Forest, I believe, tonight. Uh, be sure to tune into that game. They're a fun team to watch. We had him on uh, uh, Coach Nick Grimes from Campbell uh, last year. If you go back, you can listen to that. Alright, so this has been another wonderful edition of Get the Ball Rolling. Again, uh, you can follow us at GetRolling19 on Twitter. That is uh, our uh, Twitter handle. Also, uh, if you love college football, you like the content here, be sure to also listen to Orange and Blue Podcast. Uh, my friend and co-host uh, Jeff Tuckett and I, we're doing one uh, there talking strictly Boise State now that they're back. Mountain West is back. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that. Uh, but thank you guys for all the love and support. We're going to keep on bringing it for you. Uh, we've got spring football, so we're really not stopping until like May. We're going to be talking football until May. And doesn't that just sound absolutely wonderful that we're going to be talking college football until then. All right. Thank you so much. I have you. I hope you guys have a safe and wonderful weekend. Uh, we'll pick it up back. Uh, we'll pick it up next week. Uh, talk about the games that we talked about this week and uh, what to look for going forward. All right. Stay classy, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe and keep the ball rolling.